Welcome to the Providence Baptist Church podcast with our pastor, D. Bowen. Well, I, I, I uh, kind of try and prepare something to kind of fit Veterans Day just a little bit. and uh, So I think I, think I did. Uh, found what I need to be preaching on this morning. I actually heard this verse uh, twice uh, last Monday or Tuesday at Ty's dad's funeral. And uh, Ty used it in his eulogy and done a great job. And uh, then the preacher used the same verse and they didn't know that. But anyway, I'm using it too. I didn't copy nothing after them, but anyway, I'm using it too. You know, if we go through life, things wear out. I mean, uh, they change, things change. Uh, you know, you buy your brand new car and, you know, just you put a couple hundred thousand miles on it, 250, 300,000, whatever. If it's a Dodge, you might get 400. If it's a Ford, you get about 150. But anyway, <laughs> kidding. But things change. Believe it or not, I used to be young and good looking. And look what I look like today. Old and wore out. No, God, I never was. God, God made me for a reason, made me look like I am, keep me humble. He's done a great job of doing that, and I thank him for it. So anyway, but things change in life, and uh, uh, nothing don't hardly ever stay the same that I know of, physically stay the same. So, But one thing that doesn't have to change, and I think Paul said it the best, and we're going to read that in just a minute. Paul's relationship to God through the Lord Jesus Christ never did change. Matter of fact, it got stronger as he lived life. And that's, I think that's what God wants for you and I. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ into our heart, uh, our relationship to him should never change and absolutely maybe even get stronger as we live life. And Paul done that. And we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4 this morning. I'm going to read one verse. and uh, I'll keep it short this morning. I really will. You know, we'll be out of here by 1, 1.30 anyway. So anyway... Uh, Paul says this in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have, fought the fight of, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So Paul was telling us through, through that scripture what his life was consisted of. He fought the good fight, he kept the faith, and he finished the race. So that never changed with Paul. No, first of all, Paul, before he become a Jesus person or become saved in Jesus Christ, he persecuted Christians. He hauled them to jail. He didn't like Christians. And so, but Paul says this after he got saved, said, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith and I have finished the race. He said, I've kept, I have fought the good fight. You know, when you got up this morning, somebody in this building, when they got up this morning, had to, do, had to fight. And I'm not talking about with your wife or your husband or your kids. I'm not talking about that. But some of us, when we got up this morning, had a fight on our hands when we woke up. And I'm talking about Satan himself. You know, Satan is out there, Satan is real, and people sometimes get this vision that Satan has got the horns and a long tail and breathes fire. And that's absolutely not right. But as we get up in life, Satan, and I believe this, once you become saved, so to speak, I believe that Satan maybe even attacks us even more. 
until we got saved, until we trusted Jesus, we were on Satan's team. We were there. That's who we represented in life. Even we may not know it, but that's who we represent in life. Then when you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and I did, here comes Satan. When we become saved, Christianity doesn't get any easier. Matter of fact, I think it gets tougher. But the good thing about that is, and this is what God's word says, by having the blood of Jesus Christ covering us, you know, when he's on the cross and the last word said, it is done, Lord Jesus Christ done everything thing that needs to be done on the cross for you and I to live a life that's pleasing to God. So we do, we do life and Christianity is it's tough and we've got to constantly fight him but we do have the power to this to tell Satan to get behind us and so many times we don't use that power. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, makes us pure, makes us right in God's eyes. And no one has got authority over us except God. No one. But sometimes we allow that. And I don't care who you are. Like you can be the preacher or you can sit in the pew, whatever. Satan is always out there. The Bible said he's just like a roaring lion, devouring who he may. But we don't have to let him. But so many times we let Satan influence our lives. And we don't have to, but we do. Even me. Yeah, the preacher. You st- I said that. I got to get up every morning and do battle with Satan. Because he wants me to go down the wrong road in life. He's not, he is not happy with what's happened in my life. He's not happy about that. And Paul says this. I have fought the good fight. In other words, Paul said, I've done everything thing that I can to live a life that's pleasing to God and I come to battle every day. You know, we get sometimes we get confused about who we do the battle with and the world's out there, believe me. People in the world, lost people out there, they're out there and sometimes we think that that's who we're fighting against. You know, things that happen in America today, I'm not real happy about that. Matter of fact, I'm not happy at all about that. But you know, I don't fight them people even though I don't believe believe what they believe. I don't fight them and you don't fight them. Who we are fighting is Satan himself. You go back to the book of Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Verse 10. No verse, uh, yeah, 12. Verse 12, 6, 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against each other but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we do not fight against each other. We fight Satan, and it's a daily battle when we fight him. So God's got several things that he, he tells us about Satan, and we can start out in John chapter 8, 44, and I'm just going to quench it down a little bit, and he says this, that Satan is a liar and a thief. He's a liar and a thief. There's nothing good about Satan. He's got zero truth in him according to God's word. He's a liar and a thief. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, it says, listen to this, and no wonder for even 
himself, which is talking about Satan, disguises himself as an angel of light. Man, here, here it is. I thought Satan come and I know it. Not, not, no. The Bible says he describes himself as an angel of light. I mean, he can fool so many people. And that's the reason that God's word tells us to do this, to test the spirits. Don't believe everything you hear. Satan is real. He's out there. He's devouring who he may. He's got zero effect over you and me if we don't allow it, if we're believers. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes to steal and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The thief, which is Satan, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But God gives us a perfect solution and found in Ephesians chapter six, verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God See, God doesn't just save us through the blood of Jesus Christ. God gives us armor to put on. And it's up to us to suit up in the morning. It's up to us. You know, if we're playing football and you go in without a helmet and shoulder pad stuff, and more than likely you're going to get hurt. Same way as being a believer. You got to, we've got to get up. We've got to put on the armor of God which he provides. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to ask what team we're on. God gives us his armor to put on to defeat the devil. And when we do that, the Bible says that we can quench all the fiery darts that Satan sends towards us. He's a thief. He's a liar. And Paul said, I fought the good fight. And, you, and I'm, I'm telling, I'm read some scripture and, and tell you what Paul went through in his life. And Paul never, ever give up. I think Paul's a veteran in his relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to steal. What does he steal? He can steal your time. He can steal your time. He can make us believe, Satan can make us believe that his time or what he wants us to do is more important than God's time. That's absolutely wrong. It's wrong. Every, for everything, according to the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. But Satan can steal or steal your time and my time. Satan can steal your vision. I don't care if it's a vision for your home life or your family life or even church life, Satan will try to steal that vision from us. You know, when this church got started, six, we've been here six years as a brand new church. And like I said, y'all have heard the story. We started out with 30 people under a shade tree and Sarah named Providence Baptist Church. But myself, just speaking for myself, I had a vision and I've shared it with this church and stuff. I have a vision that God would grow us in spirit and in numbers. Matter of fact, I even throw the number 300 out there and we don't like much being there. That's a vision that God gave me. The Bible says well, the people without vision will perish. But Satan himself can steal that vision. 
I mean, he could, he, Satan could influence my life. So, well, it ain't worth it. Why, why would you want to do that? You know, you should be happy with 20 people. I can't find that in God's word because God said he wants us to do, be here to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and to grow the kingdom. So I have a vision that that's going to happen and the God I serve, it will happen. But Satan's out there to, stroke, to steal our vision. He's out there for another thing and this is really important. He's out there to steal our joy. I mean, Christians today, you know, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, probably more guilty than most, of not having joy in my life sometimes. Because I get concerned of what's going on in the world. I get concerned about this and that. And I lose my joy, so to speak. But the Bible says that Satan is a thief and he can steal our joy and absolutely should never, ever happen to a Christian. Is our life going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Are we going through the valleys? Absolutely. It's what God's word says. But we never, ever have to lose our joy. Because if you are a believer, washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the very best day that you've ever had is in front of you. And that should bring joy to your heart. That no matter what the world has to offer, God still loves us and God is still on the throne and God is still killing the shots. So that should bring joy to our life. Many more things that, that Satan can steal. He can steal your finances, my finances, he could, if we allow it. And one scripture that I, I, I just jumped out at me and I, I never even thought about it until I was doing this sermon, he can steal your health. Satan can steal your health. Let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And then verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus or blessed Jesus or put him in a position with the Holy Spirit. God blessed Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. All who were oppressed by the devil, or their health had declined because of the devil. The Bible says that God gave Jesus the power through the Holy Spirit to go around and heal people that are oppressed by the devil. And I believe it happens today. I believe that people's health fails today because they're oppressed by the devil. I really do. They're letting the devil have a foothold in their life. They get depressed or oppressed or whatever. And their health declines because of that. Not always. Don't get jump on the bandwagon on me on that. But anyway. But Paul was a veteran for what he went through. Let's look. We'll read some of what Paul went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is what Paul went through. Now remember, Paul finished the faith. He fought the fight and finished his race. Listen to what Paul went through. From the Jews, five times I have received 40 stripes minus one, or 39 stripes. Five different times, Paul was whipped with 39 stripes, and you can count the number. So there was very, it was very painful for Paul for what he went through because he counted them. Five 
different times I've been whipped by 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, of robbery, countrymen, Gentiles, in perils of city, in perils of wilderness, in perils of seed, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concerns for all the churches. Paul said, I've been through every bit of this stuff but I'm still running the race. I'm still fighting the fight. I mean, he got thrown in jail, chained up, whatever. And that's just some of the things that he went through and many more. But Paul never quit. He kept fighting the fight because he knew it would be worthy in the end. Secondly, he said, I fought the fight, good fight. I've kept the faith. You know, when we come up against roadblocks or life, so to speak, and sometimes it's, it's hard to keep the faith. It really is. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. But the Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain. So faith is very important. Faith is how you get saved. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith is out there and Paul said, I've kept the faith. He knew God was going to bring him through. He, he knew within his heart that God was going to bring him through the things in his life. So he kept the faith. And look what he went through. I just got through reading. Look what everything he went through. But he kept the faith. Kept the faith in himself? No. He kept faith in God. And God, I believe, desires that for every one of us to keep the faith. Man, it ain't all a bed of roses. Wouldn't it be good if it was? No, it wouldn't. I tell you what, I believe this. I think God allows us to go through, through things in our life to keep our relationship with Him closer. If we didn't have to depend on God, if we could depend upon money or whatever, where would we be? Where would we be? See, I've got to trust God. And you do too. I've got to have faith in God because there's a lot of hurdles in life that we have to jump over. You know, God brings us to a mountain. I don't think God wants us to walk around the mountain. I think God wants us to walk through the mountain. I believe that kind of faith is what we all need. And sometimes we fail. And Paul, even though he had all this stuff happen to him in his life, he said, I've kept that faith. What a strong word from God, from Paul, that he kept the faith. You can go back and watch, uh, read Hebrews chapter 11. It's the, it's the faith chapter in the Bible. You can read that. And it's great reading. It talks about Abraham offering Isaac his own son because God had told him, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. I'm telling you what, now that would be, I don't, but you know what? According to God's word, Abraham had faith in God and he was all going to do it. And we know, according to the end of the story, in which Abraham didn't know the end of the story, 
that God offered another sacrifice up instead of his son Isaac. But Abraham had that kind of faith that ever what God wanted in his life, he was going to do it no matter what. When Moses was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, go to Pharaoh and tell him turn, him loose, turn his people loose. You know, and Moses tried to make some excuses, but he did make some excuses. But at the end, Moses went and told Pharaoh, you've got to have faith in God for that. When it comes to the Red Sea crossing, when there's nowhere to go, there's solid water. Here he is, and all the people complained against Moses. Why did you bring us out this far? Why didn't you just lead us in Egypt to be slaves? See, Moses had faith in God, and we know what God's word said, that Moses opened up the sea and the Israelites and all of God's people crossed on dry land, then when the Pharaoh and all the Egyptians come, the water come back too and drowned them all. I took faith. When David come to face Goliath in his life, a big, huge enemy, giant in his life, huge. He got face to face with Goliath, so to speak, just a few feet apart. And David told Goliath, you come with me, swords and spears and all that other stuff. But because of David had faith in God, David told Goliath, I, came, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord God. That's who I come. See, that's faith in the, in the works in our lives when we become to that part. When the Israelites walked around Jericho and they had a, God told them to walk around the city for seven days and the walls would fall flat and he did but it took faith to walk around the city for seven days they could have went once and said God nothing happened but no he told them to go seven days and the walls would fall flat and that's what God's word says I believe this with all my heart that God has put every one of us on a journey I think God tells us to go, to do whatever, and God tells us to go, and we got to have faith in God when we do go. Because sometimes it don't happen overnight, and I believe we're all on a journey to a place called heaven, and I don't know the time or whatever it takes for all that, but I do know this, that God will always be with us, what the Word says. It may not happen today, but he put us all on a journey and we need to follow God. No matter what path it takes in life, we need to stay true to God and follow God all of our life. This is a journey, believe me. The last thing is, oh, in Mark 11, 22, it says, real plain, simple, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Thirdly, and I'll be done. He said, I finished the race. I'm telling you, it's a journey and it's, it's absolutely a race. Then Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to what Paul said. He said, being confident of this very thing, that he, which is God, Jesus, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. No matter what journey you're on, the good work that God has called you to do, he said that he'll complete it. That day is going to come when the race will be over.
And then in uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. Don't ever give up the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul said, I've finished the race. You know, there's, I believe there's a, there's, a, there's a finish line out there somewhere for all of us. We're in a race. And I'm telling you what, I, I believe with all my heart that we, we, first of all, we need to be like some racehorses or whatever, to put blinders on. We need to keep focused on God so we can't see from side to side. You know, so many times in our life, me included, I get to look inside to side. There ain't nothing over our desires. There ain't nothing there for me. So I need to put blinders on, so to speak, so I look straight ahead to see what God has done for me through the Lord Jesus Christ, dying on a cruel, rugged cross so that I could run the race. And he talks about sin which so easily can ensnare us. I don't care how much you go to church or I go to church. I don't care when we got saved or whatever. The Bible says sin can so easily ensnare us. It's all because of Satan. But I believe this, we'll keep our eyes on the cross. We'll be less likely to be easily ensnared by sin. Sin is real, just like Satan. And there's a finish line for every one of us. And I believe we've took off on a 100-yard dash when we got saved. It's a lot longer than that, but just use that for example. And we can see the finish line maybe out yonder somewhere. But the great thing about the finish line is this. There's no second. There's no third. There's no fourth. There's no one getting ribbon down through that way. I'm not a everybody gets to a trophy guy. I'm, that's not me. I believe the winner gets the trophy. And every one of us, every one of us that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is the winner at the finish line. And we all get the trophy. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that God's word spoke to your heart. And as always, please like and share. God bless.